Hi, and welcome to Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving, a podcast series by Tharaka Foundation focused on youth mental health. Before we begin today's episode, I just wanted to let you all know that all content that is found in our podcast is created for informational purposes only. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or therapy. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition, and never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard in this podcast. Thank you so much, and without further ado, let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving. It's Anya here, and today we're going to interview Gita Narayanan. Gita is a therapist who deals with many patients who have anxiety and depression. In the Spirit of Anxiety and Depression Awareness Week, which is the week of May 18th, this episode will focus on what anxiety and depression are and how to cope with them. In this world, many people, children and adults, are diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And ever since the COVID pandemic hit, there has been an increase in anxiety and depression. This is mostly due to the loneliness from being in quarantine and the need to catch up and get back to normal. Also, it is a common thing that people see anxiety and depression as weak, but it is also so common that people just claim that they have them. This is not right because depression and anxiety are serious and can have a terrible impact on one's health. Health should be the most important thing in our lives. This includes both physical and mental health. Now let's get on with the interview. Gita, can you please tell us more about yourself? Yes. Thank you, Anya. Hello, everybody. My name is Gita Narayanan. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm based in uh, San Jose, California on Bascom Avenue. I do see quite a lot of uh, some young adults and also adults in uh, my practice with anxiety and depression. And anxiety and depression are one of the most common mental health uh, disorders that I see and it is quite prevalent in our community. I'm happy to be here to talk about these two important topics and hoping to create some awareness in the community. Thank you for introducing yourself. I really appreciate that you are here. Now, let's get on with the interview. So the first question is, what exactly is anxiety and depression? See, anxiety is basically how our body responds to stress. Um, it's a feeling of fear, or anything that you are apprehensive about of, you know, what is going to happen. And um, some of it could be, oh, I'm waiting to give my exam or I have a, you know, like a public speech or something that's going to happen. So that is what anxiety is about. And anxiety disorder is, it's a very serious medical conditions. Just like it's very common as how the physical disorders are there too, you know, such as heart disease and diabetes. Uh, anxiety disorders are one of the most common pervasive uh, mental disorders in our country. And can you explain more about depression? Yes, uh, depression is also another condition of our mental health, which when someone uh, feels discouraged and they feel unmotivated, and um, basically lacking any interest in wanting to do anything in their day-to-day -day things. Um, and sometimes all these symptoms for both anxiety and depression, sometimes it can be hard to know which is what. 
So, but overall, you will know these symptoms that happens about two weeks. And if it happens for most of in those two weeks, that's when you think, okay, probably it's something I need to do something about it. And it is actually being told based on anxiety and depression of uh, America that three to five percent of people suffer from major depression. So the basically it's the lifetime risk is about 17 percent. So that's a lot on a lifespan of anybody. Thank you. The next question is, are there different types or forms of anxiety and depression? Yeah, there are actually different types of anxiety disorders. For example, you know, it could be generalized anxiety disorder. And then there is something called OCD, as you may have commonly seen when we tell our friends or It's like obsessive compulsive disorders. And then we have, some people may have panic attack and then social anxiety. And some of us, we have agoraphobias and all that. This is anxiety. And for depression, actually, you also have, you know, major depressive disorder. Uh, Sometimes the major depressive disorder, the onset can start much earlier. Some people, they may have had anxiety and disorder even when they are young. But sometimes when it is left untreated, it would show up at later part in your life. That's what I mean. Ah, is there a very severe form of like anxiety or depression? Yeah, it could get severe if you leave it untreated. You know, for example, where like I talked about, it takes like two weeks when you have these symptoms persist, right? And it is really impacting your day-to-day functioning, whether it is school or your social activities or your, you know, regular extracurricular activities, If it is impacting day in and day out, that's when you pause and ask, okay, what is happening here? It's not that I'm having a headache. It's not that I'm, but it sounds like something else. So that's when I feel it's it's a good idea to just go get it evaluated. Everyone should do that if you think you might have anxiety or depression. Yeah. Um, Next question. How could depression and anxiety impact our physical health? So that's a great question, Anya, because sometimes it's because it's a mental illness, something we cannot see physically, right? So people do not necessarily able to comprehend, you know, how can that affect your physical health? And in fact, uh, there's been lots of studies in science and research that's been said that they are related. You know, sometimes when we, the, the some of the things that you can actually see physically in our based on the depression and anxiety is, you know, digestive disorders. If we have problems in our gut and sometimes people also have some heart condition and obesity, okay. And also people may get headaches because they're not able to sleep well, you know, because of the stress. So that's what I feel that it's always a good idea to just get the overall thing checked before you just ruling out everything. And that's why it's important to go to your primary care physician too, to just rule those things out. Also, is burnout a form of depression? That is something you can see. The burnout is like, is it temporary? It's basically, oh, I sometimes the burnout and stressed out term is so loosely used, right? So sometimes, for example, yeah, I've been studying for the last three nights. I couldn't sleep. I feel burnout. So, so which means if I sleep in, I get better. That is something for you to check. Okay, am I feeling better? Or it is, I'm just fearing that something like this is going to happen another two years, two, mean two days, and then I'm going to feel worse. 
So that is a good idea to just gauge. So I'm just thinking that it's always a good idea to pause and see where you are. That would be a good gauge to sense. Yeah. On to the next question. Do we always need medication to treat ourselves? In some situations, Anya, because it again depends on the severity of a person who is feeling anxious and uh, depressed. Uh, some of them, they may think they no need and they may be okay with it. In some situations, they may need medications. Um, now for the next question, uh, what changes do we uh, need to make in our lives to prevent depression and anxiety? That's a good question, Anya. Actually, that's uh, it's very hard to say something very clearly. It is like saying, you know, how can we avoid stress, right? I mean, we cannot necessarily eliminate stress from our lives, right? So I think some of the things I feel that it has helped me to understand by being in this field is like viewing our struggles and hindrances is actually part of growing up. I'm just saying growing up because I'm addressing the young adult population, but I think it is also for us. Because we always put lots of pressure on ourselves. And then we feel that we should have struggle-free, obstacle-free kind of roadmap. And those things never happen in anyone's life. So I think just being very kind to ourselves. And I think you are your own best friend. And basically feeding the mind. And that will really be nurturing and nourishing. Because our inner voice is the biggest critic. Our inner voice can also be our good friend. And that will happen only when you take care of the inner voice by saying, hey, it's like almost nurturing the inner voice. Yeah, I can see that you're looking out for me, right? But at the same time, I think I want to just, I'm okay right now. It's something like that where it kind of soothes you because sometimes people think we are so hard on. So that is one thing I would definitely, I've seen it helps. And another thing, some of the few things I tell other people also is to just have a routine and stick to the routine. I think sometimes for us to follow the routine, it takes longer, right? I mean, for it to form a habit, it takes at least two, three weeks. But in our case, I would say more than a month because uh, especially now with the COVID time, because we are all, we used to be all at home, all these things seem to be so monotonous. So that's why I'm saying just give it yourself like about a month. And also it would be good to just do something fun, something goofy. You know, it can be anything. It can be going and uh, running around outside your home with your dog or, you know, with your younger sister or something. Because sometimes we feel we just put away all these things saying, oh, no, I have these exams. I don't think I want to do all of that. And I think it's also taking time out and listening maybe to your favorite music or watching uh, your favorite TV show. And developing a hobby, writing a blog, and uh, limiting caffeine, that helps too. And one of the things I think people, all of us have gotten so addicted to is the social media, more so during COVID time. And I think limiting uh, reading the news or hearing the news, and also limiting social media, and especially in a limiting screen, at least one hour before you go to bed. And get good night's sleep, um, and volunteer maybe in any of the organization that you believe in. These are some of the things I'm saying, but you can create your own. And I would also suggest that when we, we create something, I would suggest that you take it and put it somewhere where you can see. 
And uh, because sometimes when we are feeling so worked up, we just forget what can I do to help myself. So sometimes when you actually physically see, then you can pick and choose and do what feels like it. Okay, on to the next question. What are the most common symptoms of anxiety and depression? See, the anxiety and depression, and the anxiety is like constant worry that something is going to fail. I'm not going to be, it's not enough. And in many situations, you're constantly worrying about the next thing that's going to happen. And it's persistent enough where it gets obsessive. For example, okay, I'm done with this homework. Immediately you think about the next thing and then you get worked up. You're not able to stop. You're obsessively thinking about it. In some situations, like I talked about panic attack, some of us, we have uh, you know, heart palpitation or sweaty hands. And, and in some situation, people also have you know, headaches and they are not able to breathe. And so they are some of these, these are all pretty common symptoms with anxiety. And with depression, actually, yeah, it is also one of the few things is uh, similar to what I said is like excessive fear, worry or anxiety. And you want to be kind of, you're withdrawing from your friends and other social elements that you would normally would like to participate. And also you are just high and low with your moods. And you will definitely see the change in your eating and sleeping. And then, and it's actually, if it's left untreated, that's when sometimes, um, some of, sometimes people resort to some self-harming behaviors that are unhealthy. Okay, uh, now for a very important question. What does someone need to do when they have an anxiety attack? Yeah, that's a good question, Anya. Yeah, I think one of the things uh, is really see where you are. And I'm going to say to just sit down and then do the breathing exercise. Just slowly breathing in and breathing out. Maybe just count to one to five slowly. And then you do the same thing five to one. And maybe find somebody and talk to somebody you can trust. If you don't have anybody at home, you can text some of your friends, somebody who can come and sit with you and express what you're feeling. And also I would say that to seek help immediately. Sometimes people don't know how to go about it. So I think the first place you would start is maybe start with your primary care physician. If you don't have a psychiatrist already uh, and say that these are the symptoms I'm feeling. And typically the primary care physician, they would refer somebody to the psychiatrist. And of course, there is also psychotherapy. And psychotherapy, there are so many kinds of psychotherapy, uh, like I had mentioned, like talk therapy, walk therapy, and play therapy for kids. There is also even music therapy. And in some situations, in some people like group therapy because they want to feel you know, part of a group. And of course, we have meditation too that seems to be helpful for all these things. And in severe cases, of course, uh, there is also inpatient hospitalizations available. And, and depending on how the person is uh, feeling, that person would be referred to a psychiatrist or to a psychologist. Um, in your opinion, why do you think some people think that having anxiety and depression makes someone weak? Yeah, actually, I feel that this is just not yesterday's message in our society. I think anything related mental illness, there is so much stigma associated with it, right? And uh, especially people who are seeking support, they are considered weak or they are considered, oh, 
you are too sensitive, you're highly maintenance, and then something is wrong with you, why don't you push it through, and all those things, right? And we see these things, even if you see, I mean, lately the movies and the TVs are much more conscious of it and they are most aware of it, but some time ago it was not. So, and now things are changing than what it was. And I guess, you know, through all these podcasts, we are raising awareness. I'm going to say that mental illness is like, I would think that you should just look at it like a regular headache. Like when we have headache, some of us take Tylenol, some of us take ibuprofen, right? But the end of it, it works out. So just like that, I feel that you should just address anxiety and depression just like that. And then whatever you need to, just like that, if the headache doesn't go away, we do go and talk to the doctor, right? And then we get it treated in some situation. And if we have a problem in the stomach, and if it doesn't go away with the regular thing, we get antibiotics. So just like that, just talking to friends is not helping. So it's okay for me to reach out for other help whether it's a psychiatrist or whether it's a therapist. So as long as we are able to feel okay with that and people around you are able to give you that support, it should be okay. Okay, now on to the next question. Uh, do you think therapy is the best uh, way someone can treat their anxiety or depression? I think therapy is one of the ways to treat anxiety and depression because in some situation, Some people have felt that I would like therapy also along with medication. In some situations, some people have felt, oh, you know, I just want any medication because I do not have time to come for therapy. They have done that too. And in some situations, they have said, okay, I want, I would like to try therapy for some time and see if I need medication. So there are different ways, I would say, that you can uh, view this. Now, for the last question... Is there anything you would want to say to someone who has just been diagnosed with anxiety or depression? Yes, I think it's really important to find out, say that you're not alone. I think uh, a stigma actually prevents 40% of the population from seeking treatment. And the sooner you get help, the better you feel or faster you'll feel better. And uh, there is so much stigma associated with it. And being healthy is just not one dimensional as just physical. There is also, we need to have a sense of balance of emotional, social, psychological uh, that comes into play. And one of the things about the mental health is, you know, just like I said, you know, educate yourself. I've given some of the resources in the end, you know, going to Anxiety and Depression of America, it says clearly what we should do. And there is also another uh, fact sheet I put on, um, so stressed out fact sheet from National Institute on Mental Health. And there are lots of local support in uh, National Alliance on Mental Health in Santa Clara Valley, uh, where there is a crisis hotline, which is free. You can just pick up the phone call, uh, pick up the call phone and talk to anybody. We don't necessarily need to feel suicidal. Sometimes, you know, we just want to talk to somebody who's willing to listen in a non-judgmental manner. And that is what the suicide and crisis hotline about. So, and uh, it is okay. And I feel that mental illness is treated across adulthood. It's just not only certain population. So I think the more we take it into as part of our growing up of just living, just like how we implement, like going to the gym or going to the doctor for my blood test to check if my iron is okay. So just like that, if we just feel mental health is that, I think it will be a great way to take care of that part of our health as well. Well, this concludes our interview. 
Thank you again, Geeta, for agreeing to be interviewed. We just want everyone to know that anxiety and depression are not things that we should be ashamed of. Also, even if you do not have anxiety or depression, learn more about it because it is uh, highly possible that someone you know has either one or both of them. And the more awareness there is about anxiety and depression, the more help we can give to those who have them and we can help prevent others from developing them. Thank you. Thank you, Anya. I appreciate you giving me this opportunity again. Thank you. You are listening to Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving, a podcast series by Tharaka Foundation. As part of our youth series, we will be releasing new episodes every Friday, so make sure to continue to check those out. We hope you enjoyed this podcast, and thank you so much for listening.